0: Trapcast Express. Express. Trapcast Express, it's Monday, December 10th, 2018. Don't you hate it when that happens? You've been spouting heresy the better part of your life, and then in one particular case, you're a little ambiguous, and boom, immediately someone accuses you of orthodoxy. Well, obviously, you can't let that go and refute it, so you've got to jump into action and clarify that you really did mean heresy. No? Never happened to you? Good. But that's what happened the other day with Father Joseph Ratzinger, better known by his stage name, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. On November 28th, the Boston Pilot reported, quote, Retired Pope Benedict XVI sent a letter correcting a German theologian who implied that the former pontiff encouraged the evangelization of the Jewish people as a mission. In a message sent to the German monthly Herder Correspondence, Pope Benedict responded to an article in which Michael Bornke, the theologian, criticized the Pope and accused him of advocating proselytism. Judaism and Christianity are Two ways of interpreting the scriptures, the former pope said. The accusation in the article is grotesque nonsense and has nothing to do with what I said about it. I therefore reject his article as a completely false insinuation. Unquote. Well, thanks for the clarification, Rotzi. Not that we really needed it, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. For more information on this, please see our post, Benedict Sixteenth. No Mission to the Jews, Just Dialogue. We published that on November 26th at our blog at novosordowatch.org/wire. Remember this incident as a case in point. Next time some recognize and resist trad tries to tell you that we cannot know that something the Pope said that sounds heretical was actually meant in a heretical sense. The false novel's or popes are quite capable of clarifying ambiguous statements when they want to. It's just that when they do finally clarify something, it's to reinforce the heretical sense, not the orthodox sense. Oops. In other news... When you have a pope who isn't Catholic, or when you think you have one, you kind of start wondering whether you really should be praying for the intentions of the Holy Father, as is required to gain a plenary indulgence. In an article published at First Things today, entitled Pray for the Pope, author Michael Warren Davis writes, Quote, Every day after my rosary, I say a paternoster, ave maria, and salve regina for the intentions of the Pope. For a while, I stopped doing that because I couldn't be sure what the Pope's intentions exactly were. Instead, I said them for the intentions of a good bishop, And, of course, a good bishop is something Francis definitely isn't. Neither good nor a bishop. Davis then continues and says that that was a mistake, and so that he resumed praying for Francis after reading the following quote from St. Catherine of Siena, quote, "'Even if the Pope were Satan incarnate, we ought not to raise up our heads against him, but calmly lie down to rest on his bosom. He who rebels against our Father is condemned to death. For that which we do to him, we do to Christ. We honor Christ if we, we if we honor the Pope. We dishonor Christ if we dishonor the Pope.'" I know very well that many defend themselves by boasting, they are so corrupt and work all manner of evil. But God has commanded that even if the priests, the pastors, and Christ on earth were incarnate devils, we be obedient and subject to them, not for their sakes, but for the sake of God, and out of obedience to him, unquote. Unfortunately, Davis uh, doesn't cite a source for these alleged words uh, of St. Catherine of Siena, But let's take them at face value. St. Catherine is obviously using some hyperbole because, for one thing, Satan cannot ever be incarnate. Uh, But she's obviously talking about, and this is the important point, a morally wicked, corrupt, evil pope who nevertheless professes the true faith. In other words, a really, really, really bad Catholic And indeed, our submission to an immoral pope must be the same as to a saintly pope, which is precisely why the Catholic doctrine on the papacy never distinguishes between morally good and morally bad popes, except to say, for example, that the Church in her faith is equally protected, not from, but by the pope. Here is what Pius XII said, for instance, in the address Ancora Una Volta of February 20th, 1949, quote, the Pope has the divine promises. Even in his human weaknesses, he is invincible and unshakable. He is the messenger of truth and justice, the principle of the unity of the Church. His voice denounces errors, idolatries, superstitions. He condemns iniquities. He makes charity and virtue loved. Unquote. The Pope, the Pope as such, regardless of whether he's a murderer, a fornicator, or a thief, that's because the papacy was created by God, not by man. Only God can guarantee that the Pope will always be the rule and guardian of orthodoxy, despite any sinful life he may lead to the scandal of many. And we even see this verified in church history. As Father Fernand Mouret writes in Volume 3 of his History of the Catholic Church, quote, "...divine providence watching over the church, miraculously preserved the deposit of faith of which this young voluptuary, Pope John XII, was the guardian. This pope's life was a monstrous scandal, but his bullarium is faultless. We cannot sufficiently admire this prodigy. There is not a heretic or a schismatic who has not endeavored to legitimate his own conduct dogmatically. Faustus tried to justify his pride, Luther his sensual passions, Calvin his cold cruelty. Neither Sergius the Third nor John the Twelfth nor Benedict the Ninth nor Alexander the Sixth, supreme pontiffs, definers of the faith, certain of being heard and obeyed by the whole church uttered from the height of their apostolic pulpit a single word that could be an approval of their disorders, unquote. Now, of course, this applies only to true popes, and that's why the divine promises are not realized in the Novus sordo popes, because they are not true popes. By the way, this whole business of praying for the intentions of the Holy Father to gain a plenary indulgence has nothing to do with whether the Pope is good or bad, because he must necessarily be a Catholic, and as such, his intentions always include the following, according to the Sacred Congregation of Indulgences. The progress of the faith and the triumph of the Church, peace and union among Christian princes and rulers the conversion of sinners, and the uprooting of heresy. And you can find this printed in the preliminary pages of the Racolta, the traditional Catholic Manual of Indulgences, approved by the Holy See. Well, one thing's pretty clear those intentions are definitely not the intentions of Francis. Progress of the faith and triumph of the Church give me a break. That smacks of rigid certainties, no room for doubt, proselytism and especially triumphalism peace and union among christian princes and rulers forget it francis doesn't believe in christian nations or societies he wants religious liberty and separation of church and state conversion of sinners well maybe but definitely not to catholicism uprooting of heresy (laughs) good one (laughs) Uh, So, no, these intentions are definitely not the intentions of Jorge Bergoglio. They're quite incompatible with Pope Francis. Now, what might that tell us? Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org. Slash donate.